0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Support for the Cannon Fire podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at BetOnline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And of course, they've always got the online casino, which never closes. So head over to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Once again, BetOnline... Your online sports book expert. This is the big, nasty, yeah, big, nasty Hall of Fame, Tempe Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstock, Tempe Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't
0: listening, and you're missing out. Woo!
1: podcast live on YouTube today for episode 203 it is our week 2 game preview the first division game of the year for Tampa Bay we see the Atlanta Falcons coming off of a 32 to 6 loss well they're coming to Ray J so uh, hopefully the Buccaneers are ready we're gonna break down that game top to bottom here shortly, but uh welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host as always, right Matthew. Joined alongside me as always my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. How are you doing today, my friend? Happy uh Thursday. Yeah, it is Thursday. Almost
0: almost at the end of the week. We're almost there. So um yeah, I'm doing doing well. How are you?
1: I'm doing good. I'm uh I mean, I, I won't lie to you, I am dog tired from work. I'm sure I've mentioned it on the podcast before this point, but for those who don't know, I started a new job recently and uh, I'm basically just, you know, a delivery driver. Um, but Holy hell, it is not as easy as I remember it being when I did it previously. So, you know, we're kind of working around the new schedule. Some days are harder than others, but we're getting through it. Cause that's what champions do, right?
0: Yeah. Unfortunately uh, right now, checking out our YouTube chat. James is in the chat, unfortunately. Oh, man. Um, Cartier Walker is in the chat also. What's up, man? If you guys are in the chat, let us know. Um, I know this is a little in, you know, we we said we were going to do it Thursday, Friday. Didn't always say a time. So if you guys are tuning in right now, thank you a lot. and uh, We're going to have a great show.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We'll get rolling over the course of the stream. I feel like when we usually do these unannounced game previews or just any live stream in general, Over the first 5, 10, 15 minutes, people start to flood in here, and that's what we like to see, right? So glad to to have you guys here as part of our live YouTube audience checking in. Subscribe to the channel if you have not already. Plenty of great Buccaneers content throughout the course of the season. So this Sunday's matchup, September 19th, 4.05 p.m. kickoff. It's going to be on Fox, so maybe, maybe we have a chance of Chris Myers calling it. Nothing confirmed yet, but... Would love to hear Chris Myers early on in the season because we had to wait all the way till Week 17 last year to hear him call a Bucks game. We did get the preseason action, though. But, uh, yeah, first division game of the year for Tampa Bay. Like I mentioned before, Atlanta coming in off of that ugly 32-6 loss against Philly. And I'll say this, let's jump right into it. As far as Atlanta's concerned, they just lost 32-6 last week. Seasons are not defined by week one, but if there's one thing that they are taking away from that is that uh, their offense is going to want some points this week. And if Tampa Bay is not ready, then they could be, you know, the first victim of that offense really getting up and going in 2021.
0: I think their their offense is going to want to score a touchdown. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. You think
0: I, 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 I think they're going to want to score a touchdown. So what better way to do it than against uh, a the division opponent, too? So, yeah, the Bucks got to be ready. Um, despite you know, Jordan Whitehead coming back, like we talked about uh, yesterday's video, short little video. Uh, check that out, guys. It's something we, we sort of experimented with, uh, you know, sort of modeling it after James's show. But, uh, yeah, I gave a, gave a little injury update on Jordan Whitehead there. And, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how how they fare because Atlanta's offense did give the Bucks fits last year. Uh, they gave him some trouble. And now, you know, with the injury report coming out, Jason Pierre-Paul went from limited participation yesterday to not practicing today. Um, you know, he has a hand injury. He does, I know everybody's going to be joking about it, whatever. Um, but... You know, it, it, if he can't go, Joe Trynshowinka is going to get a lot of a lot of looks, obviously. But that's also a loss. You know, he's a, he's a, a very important piece of his defense. And like I said, it just something about the Atlanta offense. You know, and you could say, oh, but well, they don't have Julio Jones now. Well, Julio Jones didn't play in either of the matchups last year versus the Bucks, and the Falcons still put up 27 points both times. Uh, especially in Atlanta, the Falcons really had a nice day, uh, especially through the air. So. Uh, it'll be interesting to see the game plan that Todd Bowles comes up with this week.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, we talk about those matchups against Atlanta last year. Let's not forget the, the first game in Atlanta. The Bucks were down, what, 17 in the first half before they even knew it? Atlanta came okay. out quick. The defense was not ready, and they were able to put plenty of points up on the scoreboard. I don't think the defense this week can have the slow start that they had against Dallas. I mean, obviously, Dallas offense is looked at as a lot better than Atlanta, but Atlanta is still one of those teams that can kind of catch you sleeping in the early part of the game if you are not prepared. Uh, basically, the Bucks' defense cannot afford the slow start that they had last Thursday. So when you talk about Todd Bowles and what he's going to be scheming up, JPP, a big part of that, we'll talk about him. Uh, or any updates that we have, of course, we'll let you guys know. But um, I'm just interested to see how they start. They They need to start promptly and if they don't there is a very good chance that Atlanta can come out and get something going and the Bucks are playing from behind for the first half. We've definitely seen it before. Yeah,
0: I think yeah, Atlanta despite their struggles last week, they can still score points. Uh Matt Ryan is a veteran quarterback and we'll obviously we'll get into more in-depthness. In we'll get we'll cover, you know, both the Atlanta offense and the Atlanta defense and see how the Bucks match up with both. But, I mean, you know, they have a veteran quarterback. Calvin Ridley's a, a good wide receiver. Kyle Pitts is an exciting rookie, even though you and I have both said, like, let's chill out <laughs> on, like, the whole Kyle Pitts thing. But I still think he's a good player. Um, and even like, Mike Davis, I think, is, like, a better option than Todd Gurley was last year for him. So, um, they've even upgraded the running game a little bit. So, it, they definitely can still put up points, and the, the Bucks are going to have to be ready. Because if the Bucks think this is going to be a pushover, then guess what? They're going to be the ones that are getting pushed over.
1: And I think the Bucks are, you know, past the point of going into a game thinking it's going to be a pushover. I don't know if they ever were good enough to be that team. And when they finally became good enough to be that team, they had a quarterback who's going to snap them out of that just like that. So I don't think that's going to be an issue for them. It's just, you know, making sure your communication is on point on defense, making sure everybody knows their role. With Jordan Whitehead coming back, I'm curious to see how up to speed he is with the rest of those guys out there um JPP I I wanted to talk about really quickly before we start to talk about what Atlanta can do on offense JPP is a very interesting case because like you said he did not practice today he was limited on Wednesday didn't practice on Thursday so obviously his status for Friday is going to be pretty telling but between you and me I feel pretty comfortable that JPP is going to be out there because like come on dude that's JPP you know what I mean like we, we saw him have some off days last year and maybe it's just one of those where he really needed the off day but I think even if he's limited at practice tomorrow I I, I think he plays like that mm-hmm. you know for him to come out before the season and say that he's feeling healthy as a horse and he's feeling as good as he did 11 years ago um I I, I think he's in a good spot I think he'll play
0: I, I would
1: bet he probably
0: plays, but it's, you know, it's never good to have limited participation and then have no participation. Um, Courtney Walker said, BA said SMB injury could be season ending with like the, uh, like the shaking the head thing. Well, so here's the thing. Bruce Arians really tried to cover all of his bases uh, yesterday <laughs> when he said that. Okay. You know, he said four weeks to season ending. Okay. That that really narrows it down, Bruce. Thank you. Yeah. That, that that really narrows it down. So he he could miss the whole season, but he also could miss, you know, only a little bit of time. It's just I think it's just Bruce Arians trying to trying to cover it up to if he if he tells you 5 weeks and it ends up taking SMB 8 weeks to get back, then it looks like he's the bad guy and he's the one who lied. But if he tells you, "Oh, it could be season ending," and SMB comes back after 9 weeks, you're like, "Oh, okay, it's not season ending." See how he did that. So th- that, that's what that's about, okay? I'm, I'm sure they already pretty much have an idea of um, uh, of where he's going to be. And I, I think Arians actually went on a radio show either yesterday or today and said that he believes it's going to be four to six weeks. So, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't put too much stock in, in B.A. mentioning that. I know whenever somebody mentions season ending, it, it gets people worried, but I wouldn't put too much stock into that. Um, so if you wanted to, Rhett, we could finally sort of get into this Atlanta offense. And, um, one that I was expecting to do a whole lot more last week and they
1: just didn't. Yeah. One of the things I wanted to talk about first with this Atlanta offense kind of goes hand in hand with, you know, the status of JPP, that defensive line, this offensive line for the Falcons. Well, you know, on a surface level, they are considerably worse than what Dallas put on the field, even though they were missing their right guard. Um, and I think that's probably being kind about it because Matt Ryan was not safe last week. And I, I know Philly has put together kind of an underrated defense, but this is the defending Tampa Bay Buccaneer Super Bowl champion defense. uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where I I, I can see it being a very, very long afternoon for Matt Ryan, regardless of whether JPP's out there or not. If he is not, let's say he's not, even though I believe he is. If he is not, I'm very excited to see what Joe Tryon can do because obviously that's the guy who's probably going to step up the most in that slot, I would think. I mean, Mm -hmm. we know Todd Bowles has some different looks, so he'll move some guys around and do whatever he has to do. But Joe Tryon, a guy who in week one did not record a tackle, I don't think the stat sheet really did his night justice because he was – he had his nose in the play pretty much every single time he was on the field, it seemed like. He was just kind of maybe the last guy to the pile. But I'm curious to see what he can do. Even if JPP is out there, I'm curious to see what Joe Tryon can do because he got a lot of work early against Dallas and then kind of feathered out. But I'm curious to see what he looks like. I'm curious to see what all these guys look like because this is not a very good offensive line, and and that's just – you know always going to focus on the trenches first and that's what I'm looking at for Atlanta. This is a huge huge mismatch for them.
0: I'm going to be blunt.
1: <laughs> this
0: offensive line sucks. <laughs> okay, this this Falcons offensive line is terrible. They have a bunch of young players and none of them are at the stage right now where they can actually make a difference. Okay, maybe you know maybe in two or three years, not now, right? They they Got Caleb McGarry in the first round. They drafted Jalen Mayfield, Jalen Mayfield last
1: week. Jalen Mayfield, he, man, he, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, like, no Jalen Mayfield ahead. is who I'm thinking of. Where uh, you know he put out a tweet that said, "Listen, if if you don't want anybody to touch your quarterback, you draft 77 or something like that." Right, wow. He put out a tweet before the draft basically saying that if you draft me, nobody's going to touch your quarterback. And then somebody took that tweet and then put the <clears> picture <throat> of Matt Ryan laying face down and yeah. 77 just standing there with his arms in the air. That was pretty funny.
0: So his PFF grade, and I want to start doing this for offensive linemen. I know I PFF grades aren't great, but they just do sort of provide some context on how a player's day was. Um, his PFF grade last week, 28.8 was his total pff grade Yikes. his pass blocking grade this is a accurate pass blocking grade that he received 1.4
1: oh no that was
0: his that, pass blocking grade
1: that's gotta be i mean obviously it's the lowest end of the spectrum you can get but that those just strike me as ho- historically bad numbers like, I don't know how long PFF has been grading plays like this since, what, the early 2010s maybe they came around? Mm-hmm. Something like that, yeah. Um, but, like, I wonder what their worst grade ever is in, in, in different categories because a 1.6, when you go on a scale of, like, you know, up to – I don't even know what their scale goes it, it, up to. It,
0: it, 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 it's 1.4. You were giving them point two. it's even worse yeah
1: (laughs) that's what i hear for giving him some credit that just that doesn't and he also
0: he also committed two penalties so uh he had a horrible day so okay but the rest of the offensive line did great right no (laughs) No, caleb mcgarry was their right tackle 46.9 pro football focus grade uh and then matt hennessey was their center uh 52.7 pro football focus grade a 20.0 pass blocking grade. This offensive line struggled. And what is the strength of uh, the, the Eagles defense? The front seven. That's the strength of their defense, and the Eagles dominated them. What's the strength of the Bucks defense? The front seven. So, you know, I think you, you could see a, a pretty – pretty rough day and i don't know if this falcons off of the line this this might be one of the last teams that i think the falcons off of the line would want to see um, but just the falcons in general would want to see after a loss like that
1: g vegas in the live chat with probably the uh the line of the year so far he said vita is going to lift up hennessy like a bottle of hennessy and down him like one too <laughs> i hey, like he that probably man. will you know i i said before the dallas game and i quote like there is no reason these guys on the defense should not be eating. And we talked about how they didn't get a whole lot of pressure. I know Dak was uncomfortable for the most part, and the pressure was there, but they just weren't able to hit home. That's because Dak Prescott can make a move on you and make you miss, right? This reason or this week, excuse me, I will reiterate what I said, and I mean it a hundred and ten percent more this week than I did last week. There is no reason that these guys should not be out there making their money. Like, this is a this is a mismatch on the offensive line for Atlanta to where everybody out there is just going to be struggling all day. If you line up Vita Vea one-on-one with the center, he's going to get to the quarterback. If you don't have an extra guy blocking Joe Tryon on the edge because they don't see him trot up at the end of the play, he's going to be getting after your quarterback. Like, there is enough athleticism on this D-line And especially now that it's week two and they have a full 60 minutes of football under their belt, you know, you have to come out and start better than you did last week. That's for damn sure, because Atlanta is one of those teams, like we said at the beginning of the show, that can kind of get you sleeping if you're not prepared. But as this defense starts to come together over the course of the season, what, like the first four or five games before they're playing like 100 percent like they would like to play? This is one of those games where it's a little bit easier than the next one because next week he got the Rams and you've got yeah. Matt Stafford who has been balling, son. I know it's only been one game, but I'm very interested to see what he does this week. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just, there's no reason these guys shouldn't be getting after Matt Ryan all afternoon.
0: I mean, Dallas has some talent on their offensive line, even if they were missing their best one. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, they have some real talent and. The Falcons just don't. I mean, their best offensive lineman is Jake Matthews. And Jake Matthews is a worse version of Donovan Smith, basically. He's like like an average tackle, pretty much. Like, we, we've we basically we've called Donovan Smith an average tackle. You know, he's been playing ever since Tom Brady got here. He's been playing, like, an above-average tackle. Hasn't been playing, like, an elite one, but has been playing, like, an above-average tackle. I think Jake Matthews is, like, a, you know – a average tackle and if that's your best offensive lineman you're in some trouble and especially matt ryan ain't running out front nobody so um no so let's get on to 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 matt ryan last year because i did want to bring this up i thought this was interesting now i will say arthur smith is the guy there now is the head coach new play caller new everything it's all new but matt ryan versus the bucks last year had some success like he really did uh, week 15 was his best one. He was 34, for 49, 356 yards, three touchdown passes and no interceptions. The Falcons did not commit a turnover in that game yet still lost the game. And then week 17, a little bit worse, uh, 29 for 44, 265 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, the Falcons themselves had two turnovers, but Matt Ryan had zero turnovers against the Bucs. So in two games against the Bucs, he hasn't thrown an interception and also has not uh, fumbled. They're going to have to get to him and, and get some fumbles or get some interceptions. It, it feels like forever since the last time they intercepted Matt Ryan. Yeah. Um, I understand Matt Ryan's not a guy who's going to be a, a gunslinger right, like that and put the ball in harm's way. But at the same time, like, get some turnovers, you know, What's... and and, generating, and also he didn't throw an interception last week either. Uh, the Falcons, I don't believe, had a turnover last week, which makes their blowout loss even more impressive.
1: Was uh, was Carlton Davis in 2019 the last interception this defense got on Matt Ryan? Yeah, I think, it, yeah, I think yeah, it, it was. I think it
0: might have been. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's yeah, when Carlton that, Davis that was, kind of turned the corner. That was the
0: uh, that was the first game of this uh, versus Atlanta that year. It was in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and then the, the last game was the last game of the year with the pick six. That oh, was God. that was that was that was the last interception. I believe it was. It was Carlton Davis. So it's been what three three whole games that they haven't intercepted him. Yeah. So uh, it seems like somebody's due. It yeah. definitely feels like somebody's right. due. Now I, I do believe um, the the fumble though they did they did forced matt ryan to fumble in that last game if you remember devin white scooping it up um so they they didn't intercept him, but they did force him to fumble in that last game in 2019 okay um so let's go on to so i i wanted to bring up since we're talking about last year Hmm. i just want to bring up one more stat from last year and that was calvin ridley versus the Bucks secondary last year i'm only going to bring up week 15 week week 17 he did okay but week 15 they couldn't stop him uh 10 catches, 163 yards, and one touchdown. And like we said, this Julio Jones did not play. So it's not like, oh, all the attention was on Julio. No, it's, yeah. he didn't play. So they're going to have to contain Calvin Ridley. And Carlton Davis struggled a little bit against Calvin Ridley last year, so that'll be an interesting matchup to see as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, he was in a similar situation with Julio not playing either of those games last year, so he was kind of their number one but, like, this year, Calvin Ridley is Atlanta's number one wide receiver. So we're, we're talking about stats, right? Let's talk about Carlton Davis, the last person to intercept Matt Ryan, uh, for Tampa Bay at least. Carlton Davis against Calvin Ridley for most of the game is a matchup that I'm pretty excited to see. Carlton coming off of a pretty strong performance against Dallas. I know that we talked about Very the secondary strong. giving up, you know, 450 yards. But for Carlton Davis, he had three pass breakups, an interception, and then on top of that, a 13.9 passer rating when he was targeted. He is going to, uh, you know, go out there and basically decide if if he can call himself the best corner in the league for the second straight week in a row. Because we talked about the confidence that these guys are playing with. Carlson Davis is right up here. And uh, I don't know if a lot of people are recognizing the week one performance that he had against a pretty good wide receiver trio. But you know, this week is his chance to kind of to keep that record rolling and to, you know, make sure people are noticing him in a positive light. I'm going to be watching him very closely on defense.
0: Yeah, you know, he's going to have to. He's going to be tasked with with shutting down Calvin Ridley. And I'm not sure if Carlton Davis is going to follow Calvin Ridley. I'm not sure if wherever Ridley is, Davis is going to be. I don't know yet. I'm not Ty bold. We'll find out Sunday. Yeah, um, yeah. But. um i I think it would be smart you know you put your best corner especially when you're down a corner you know you put your best corner on the other team's best receiver so um that makes a lot of sense though but they also they have a few new pieces that i do want to discuss here um the biggest one obviously being kyle pitts um who like i said on the show we have been like okay let's pump the brakes yeah but at the same time he's a physical freak I still believe he was one of the best players in the draft. And it's on an Atlanta team lacking Julio Jones, lacking a red zone offense. The red zone offense has been brutal last year. And this year they had two tries. Their, Their first two drives against Philly, I watched the game. They drove down right down the field on Philly, but they couldn't score. They had to settle for two field goals inside the 20. So, Their red zone offense has been brutal. Kyle Pitts, four catches, 31 yards on eight targets. So, very pedestrian day. And I think if the Bucs hold him to that, I think Todd Bowles will be very happy. Because I think a big part of the Falcons' game plan this week is going to be getting that big tight end involved. Uh, Arthur Smith, you know, his offense is predicated on a lot of two-tight end stuff. And I think a lot of that is going to be getting Kyle Pitts involved this week.
1: And that was going to be my question to you was, is Kyle Pitts going to be a factor this week? Now, I'm not going to be starting him in fantasy this week, so he probably will, right? He'll he'll go off for like 150 yards and three touchdowns. He'll have the greatest tight end performance in Atlanta history you know, as, because as I didn't the, start him in as fantasy. Win, though. As long as the Bucs win, though, who would really care? Yeah, nobody cares. I think Bucks are winning this game by 10. <laughs> But uh, wow! Spoil your prediction already? Yeah, yeah, I guess. I guess maybe. Maybe I'll clean it up once we get closer yeah. to the score prediction. We got to do the checklist and everything. Finish this game preview, and then I'll evaluate how I'm feeling. Because I kind of like to do the score predictions off the cusp, right? Like right at the end of what we're talking about. Maybe I can see how I'm feeling about this game. But Kyle Pitts. I'll tell you, dude, I I do think that Atlanta is going to make it a priority because if Carlton Davis has a day against Calvin Ridley or whoever they match him up against, right, maybe he's out there just struggling to find the football. Kyle Pitts is going to be a priority for them. But I look at who's going to be on him most of the day. It's going to be big 5-4 Levante David probably when they man up. And I look at the way that 54 was able to hold his own against Travis Kelsey in the Super Bowl. Now, we know this defense is not playing at the same pace that they were in, uh, what, week 21 last year? I guess that technically was. So I'm curious to see what kind of matchup that presents. I mean, Kyle Pitts is a rookie, but like you said, he is an athletic freak. So I think Levante David's is going to be critical in slowing him down. But that's another one of those matchups on defense I'm excited to see because I, I, think, I think Levante can do it. Like, if I have, you know, faith in anybody on that defense after all these years, it's going to be 54. So I'm curious to see how that goes for them.
0: Well, you know, one thing with an Arthur Smith offense is two tight ends, and it's a lot of running. Yeah. The Falcons are a team that have not run a whole lot in the past. Obviously, they had Dirk Cutters offensive coordinator the last few years. Um, and before that, it was Steve Sarkeesian. It's just it hasn't been a lot of running. Last week, 24 designed runs against Philly. Um, also they had more runs than that because Matt Ryan, I think had three scrambles that are considered runs, but actual like designed runs, they had 24 of them versus Philly last week. So he's wanting to establish the run. I, I, if I were, (laughs) if I were Arthur Smith, I would caution against that against Tampa (laughs) Bay, because if you do that, and I mean, like I watched the game and I couldn't believe what I was saying. It was a third and eight. The Falcons were on their own. They were backed up on like their own 11 yard line. They ran the ball. (laughs) They ran the ball for like a three yard gain. then punted like, what are you, what are we doing here? Like, are you you serious? Like you try to do that against Tampa, you're going to be done. So I'm Arthur Smith. I'm going to caution you not to do it, but also at the same time, go ahead, do what you want. Uh, See how, see how, see how that works out for you. Um, but also another, another guy that I wanted to bring up is it's always a guy I think that's – he's always one of those players that is a solid player but is a very, like, niche player. Uh, Cordero Patterson had seven carries for 54 yards. Yes, the wide receiver, Cordero Patterson. They've been using them all over the place, whether Chicago or Atlanta. He kind of made some plays against the Bucks last year when he was with Chicago on Thursday Night Football. So – I'm going to be interested to see how the box score against uh, when he played for the bears, wouldn't really show it against the bucks. But like, if you watch the game, he made an impact. I believe he made a few plays on when the bears kicked the field goal uh, to take the lead on that final drive. He made a few plays. So, and he looked good last week. So just keep an eye on him. Um, you know, but like, I, I don't know, like, I don't know if the Falcons' offensive line is going to give Matt Ryan or or the running backs, whoever Mike Davis or Cadeau Patterson, whoever it may be, I just don't think they're going to give him any time. And I will say real quick, the Falcons had over 100 yards rushing against the Bucks last year in Week 17, and obviously Matt Ryan had a nice day. Uh, that was without Devin White and Shaq Barrett. Both of those guys were on the COVID list at that point, so. Just to put it in some context, that was without two important pieces on the defense, which will now be playing in this game.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, we talk about Atlanta's offensive line and their run game. I know Mike Davis and Cordell Patterson, you said, had kind of a nice game last week. 124 yards on the ground for them last week. 100
0: yards in the first half.
1: Yeah. So, I I mean – Atlanta is one of those teams where they're definitely going to try a little bit harder to commit to the run. I think Dallas tried to run it six times and realized we're not going to be able to do this, and then relied on Dak Prescott for the rest of the evening. I just don't think Atlanta, their offense, is going to allow them to do that for an entire game. So we'll we'll see what happens. But uh, I mean, if they want to run the ball, just like you said, bro, go for it. Do what you want to do. Good, I, I good don't. Luck. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I'm going to tell you what not to do. And what you don't want to do against the Buccaneers is try and run the damn football. Because they are still the reigning, defending, number one run defense in the NFL. All right, Paul Heyman. Yeah, and have been for two weeks straight. So, uh, you know, I know Mike Davis can make a little bit of something happen back there. It seems like their rushing attack is going to be better this year than it was last year, but... You know those designed runs are not going to fool anybody on Tampa Bay's defense. Talking yeah. about the Buccaneers, I think on offense, right? We've we've just about covered everything yeah. For, for. Yeah, I mean,
0: I, there's there's not a whole lot. Obviously, on on, on the Bucs' defense, obviously people are going to be watching Jamel Dean. Um, they're going to be watching how he fares against a guy like Russell Gage, um, and we'll see. You know, I, I there's this like I even saw it a little bit in the chat here. There's like this. This like narrative that the buck secondary just absolutely sucks now for some reason. And I don't know why.
1: Well, a lot of people um, think that that's what we said too, because they like to read the titles of our yeah, podcast but not right. listen to them, right? And then go chirp well, on social media about it. Nine, that's
0: ninety percent of Twitter. So right, right. Um, if it's not a juicy headline that they like, it's you know it's that's, trash. What, that's um, what gets
1: the clicks, baby.
0: Of course, uh, but you know it's it's weird because like. You would think the Bucks secondary is like the worst. Like the worst. Like, do you realize Dallas's offense is legit good? Dak Prescott is a top six or seven quarterback in the entire NFL. Like, it's not like they played some scrub offense here. It's not like it was Andy Dalton and the Bears going. Wasn't in Taylor Heineke
1: and the Washington football team.
0: No, I mean, even though Taylor
1: Heineke played fine
0: against the Bucks. But um, you know, it's <laughs> it, it it people were acting like this secondary is just garbage dude if they were as bad as people say they were no matter what the type of defense they played you know they you know however they performed last year in the playoffs if this secondary was as bad as it was they weren't winning the super bowl so you know if it was as bad as people say it was they weren't winning nothing last year so like just relax it's one game like it, it, it's one game just chill out then that will pretty much conclude our defensive thing It it could be a massacre for the Falcons offensive line. It's just, you know, if I would, you know, if I were Arthur Smith, I would look at what Dallas did. Uh, The only issue with what Dallas did is that Dallas has a better offensive line than you, and Zeke's probably a better run blocker uh, or not run blocker, pass blocker than Mike Davis is. Uh, So that could complicate some things. But if you try to establish a run, you're going to find out pretty quickly that ain't going to work.
1: Oh, yeah. Taking a look at the Buccaneers on offense, I know this is the moment that everybody's been waiting for. Whenever we can talk about Tom Brady, it is a good day on the podcast. But looking at this team on offense coming into this game, I'm curious to not only see how they start, but not even so much Tom Brady, who actually got himself FedEx Air Player of the Week for his baller performance in Week 1. Don't even worry about the two picks. None of those were his fault. He was surgical. But aside from Brady in this receiving core, I'm very curious to see how Ronald Jones goes out there and starts early. Head coach Bruce Arians said this week that Rojo was kind of harder on himself than anyone else was after his fumble. Like, he kind of, you know, put the towel on his head, sat down, and nobody really told him to get back into the game. Like, it seems like it was more so he was just very, very hard on himself. But regardless of the situation – BA came out and said that Rojo's going to be getting the start this week. These carries are going to be critical for Ronald Jones and I'd like to see him do something. I'd like to see him not fumble the ball. I think that's a start, right? Not fumble the ball and if it's thrown to you, just try and catch it. Try and get it, pick up a couple I, of yards. I
0: wouldn't even I wouldn't even try it. But, but for why, his confidence. Why, why throw him the ball? Why throwing the ball?
1: Yeah, don't throw him the ball. I'd like to see Gio Bernard get involved a little bit more this week. I know Bruce said that he has ironed himself out as the, you know, third down back, but I'd it like doesn't to play see, on third downs. It, it, yeah, I'd like to see Gio Bernard get a little bit uh get a little bit more involved this week. But Ronald Jones, man, let's talk about it. I think these carries are very critical for Ronald Jones, not only for his confidence. But his position in that running back room, I'd like to see him establish himself as the starter going forward this week. I know we'll still get the rotation throughout the game, but I'd like to see Rojo with the first running back with the ball in his hands every single week. And I think some strong carries for him uh, at the beginning of this week's game could really do that for him.
0: Yeah, you're definitely going to see. Like, it's not like yeah, Jones isn't going to be the bell cow all of a sudden. Um, yeah, I, I agree. It's it's I he's the best running back on the team he is um which makes it like even more frustrating that like you know like come on man just like the stupid stuff it's almost like oj howard like he'll do so many great things but then there'll be one thing where you're like come on man like sir like just clean it up right like you're not a rookie anymore this is your fourth year in the nfl like it, it's time to clean this stuff up um so yeah, like i said i still have faith in him but like, as yeah, I wouldn't even attempt to throw him or Leonard Fournette the ball. The only person the only person in that running back room I would even attempt to throw the ball to is Gio Bernard because none of the other ones can catch work but you know what. I mean it's a
1: uh, it, it's awful. Here is a sentence that I never thought I would say. I get more anxious when I see Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette get targeted out of the backfield brutal. than I do seeing Ryan suck up lineup for a field. Goal. Yeah. Yeah, it, every time, <laughs> every time they threw to Leonard Fournette, I was assuming
0: he was dropping it. Well, and after that, after that drop screen, I assumed something horrible was going
1: to happen. And it's not even the just the drops. Like obviously, the drops you can deal with, and as much as they suck and they stall drives most of the time, you can deal with it, right? But it's just the fear of a turnover, like. It just scares the shit out of me. Like, it ruined Tom Brady's perfect game last week. And I hate to bring up TB12 again, but, like, Leonard Fournette doesn't bobble the ball. It's one less pick on his stat sheet. You know, I I think he leads the NFL in interceptions if he's not, like, right behind Trevor Lawrence right now.
0: Yo, I think, yeah, Lawrence had three, right? We talked about that before the game, before the show. So, Lawrence had three. Um, Yeah, it just feels... It just feels wrong whenever they touch to the ball. It's scary. Whenever they getting no. The, it's a simple pass. It's literally a simple pass that like you're pretty sure they're gonna catch, but even when they do you're like eh. <laughs>
1: you're
0: like, oh no. And when um. they and
1: when they do catch it, it, it I feel like it takes them a like year to like grab it and then look forward and then get ready yeah. to start running, right? Like yeah, it takes them a seconds it's to catch almost it.
0: Almost like neither one of them are receiving backs. <laughs> oh, almost. almost like
1: that. Yeah. I um, mean, I, I don't know, man, I'm not an expert, but so real quick,
0: let's talk about, let's focus our, our focus here, shift our focus, sorry, to Tom Brady and Tom Brady versus not necessarily the Falcons defense, but Tom Brady versus the Falcons defensive coordinator. Dean Pease uh, is the current Falcons defensive coordinator. He was a Patriots assistant, I believe from 2004 to 2009. Knows Tom Brady pretty well. Um, he held Tom Brady's Patriots to 10 points in 2018 when he was the Titans defensive coordinator. It was Tom Brady's worst game of the year. Also, in 2012, when Dean Pease was with the Ravens, he had eliminated Tom Brady from the playoffs with the Ravens when they went on that Super Bowl run. And also in 2019, DP's uh, defense eliminated Tom Brady in his last ever game as a Patriot when Dean Pease was with the Titans. Tom Brady has struggled against Dean Pease's defense. One thing I will say, all those defenses that that Dean Pease had had a heck of a lot more talent than this Atlanta one does. And the offenses that Tom Brady was on also weren't nearly as talented as this. They were talented. Like, you know, 2012, he still had like – Almost like Prime West Welker and like a, a lot of guys. You know, I don't. Danny Amendola wasn't there yet, but I, I forget exactly who was there. Like Shane Vereen, like he was so good back then. Yeah. Um, so, like you know, Brady had some real pieces back then, and obviously 2019 he really didn't. But, yeah, like Tom Brady has struggled against this particular defensive coordinator and this particular defensive scheme. However, sometimes just talent just outweighs it man and i just the falcons just don't have the same talent on defense as those past defenses had so i'm not very worried about this offense
1: with another season comes another sponsor for the cannon fire podcast we are partnering up with playactionpools.com to bring some interactive fun to the sport that we all love the most You'll be able to get in on the action with our PlayActionPools.com Football Pick'em Challenge, which is open to everybody. Here's how it works. Sign up for our contest Believe Football Pick'em at PlayActionPools.com and then get your picks in each week. We're going to select the 10 highest profile games of the week between the NFL and college football. Select winners are going to have their hands at a plethora of of great prizes brought to you by our guys at playactionpools.com so again go to playactionpools.com and sign up for the contest believe b-l-e-a-v football pick'em and if you plan on hosting your own football contest go to playactionpools.com today they have got survivor pick'em as well as a pretty cool sportsbook style concept called build your bankroll playactionpools.com your new home For all your office sports pools and another proud sponsor of the cannon fire podcast. I'm very curious to see the receiver core. One guy in particular, Mike Evans. I'd like to see Mike Evans get back in the mix this week. And I think he he will. He will. Yeah. Yeah. Uh
0: I think I think that's the the dumbest thing. People overreact. It's like it's like a weekly, it's like a yearly tradition. People overreacting to Mike Evans, um, to, to to Mike Evans' week one stuff. Look, guys, he he had more catches and more yards this year's week one than he did last year's. And there's an extra game this year. Relax.
1: Well, whenever people talk about Mike Evans or any wide receiver for that matter, just kind of having a rough week. Regardless of if it's, you know, he's double teamed the entire game, he doesn't get the targets. If he doesn't show up for your fantasy team, people usually start freaking out. And I think the easiest solution to that is by, uh, I don't know, you have your phone in your hand most of the time. Go to google.com, type in Buccaneers roster, and just take a look at the wide receiver room, right? You've got. Or, or, or the
0: tight end room.
1: Listen, folks, like, just take a step back. Take a deep breath. I Listen, I was a little concerned about Mike Evans after week one. I remember on the post-game show, I was like, man, you know, Mike didn't really look like himself out there tonight. There were a couple of passes he could have tried to get that he didn't. It's week one, and I was overreacting. You know what I mean? It was an emotional reaction right after the game. But now that we've taken some time to just collect ourselves and look at the situation that the Bucs are in, we have talked endlessly – about the talent on this offense, I'm sure whenever you guys talk to your friends and start having a football conversation and you talk about the Bucks and you talk about this stacked offense, it's one of the things you talk about is that we have wide receivers for days. We have three wide receiver ones on this team. Mike Evans will get his, but I, I definitely think it's going to be coming this week. I'd like a big game for Mike this week because I just don't think there's anybody on the Falcons defense that can really slow him down.
0: Start Mike Evans in your fantasy leagues. Start Antonio Brown in your fantasy leagues. Um,
1: Start all of them. Start Chris Godwin, AB, (laughs) and Mike Evans. I don't have Evans in uh, my fantasy league this year, only because I know that he's not the kind of guy who goes off every single game. So I've got Chris Godwin, and I'm sure as hell starting him this week.
0: There you go. Yeah, I actually actually have Mike Evans. So, Um, yeah, I – don't worry. Like I, I just I wouldn't really be worrying about um about about him. I think Antonio Brown is going to have a huge day. Antonio Brown in two games versus the Falcons last year, 16 catches, 231 yards and three touchdown catches. Um
1: and that was like both of those games were in the middle of just that ridiculous run that he had at the end of that season. How many yep. games straight was it with a touchdown? Four. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um so yeah, it's uh you know, it's uh, it's you know, I, I'm not worried about Mike Evans. I'm not. I, I'm not. I don't even want to really talk to, to talk about that. Honestly,
1: um, I think we're wasting these people's time.
0: Yeah, I I, I, I really do. Um, I I really do think it's just a it's a waste of time talking about Mike Evans He's like, yeah, he's like one of the best players. There's also other good players. Like. <laughs> Do, are, are you seriously going to be angry if the Bucs win, but Mike Evans doesn't get as many catches as you'd like him to? Like, are you kidding me? Like, do you think he cares? <laughs>
1: like, no.
0: Well, if know, there's anything he, we know he's about been, him. He's been losing. He's been losing his whole career.
1: You think he cares? He's been losing so. his whole career, and he continues to restructure his contract. If there's one thing we know for sure about Mike Evans, it's that he is the ultimate team first guy. Mike does not give a damn about his stats as long as the Bucks are winning every single week. He has said that before. He'll say it time and time again. But, uh, I mean, there's still plenty of time. Also, the Buccaneers have 16 more games. If you really think about it, we got a full season's worth of games, right? So, if it, you mm-hmm. know, these other wide receivers are just getting a head start on their 1,000-yard seasons. That's all. Mike will get his. Yeah,
0: he's always going to get his. He Literally, he had one catch for two yards week one last year with one less game and still finished with a 1,000 yards and didn't even finish that week 17 game either. So, like, r- relax. Like, r- relax. Anyways, um, moving on, I just have one thing on my notes here. It's Falcons' pass rush with a question mark because, like, what pass rush? Um, it's, it. it seems like the Falcons, the Falcons are basically like the saints with cornerbacks. It seems like the Falcons have been searching for a good pass rush for as long as the saints have been searching for a good number two cornerback. Um, it, it seems like the, the saints just cannot find a second corner. And it seems like the Falcons can never find a pass rush. And it, it seems like the Panthers just can't ever find a good team, but, um, <laughs> it, 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 just, it I. The Falcons never, every single year, they never have a good pass rush. It's always an issue. They have one guy on the defensive line that, like, I consider good, and that's Grady Jarrett. Everybody else, it's like, whatever. Like, whatever. Whatever, man. Like, they're a bunch of dudes. Like, I, I don't think there's going to be much trouble unless, you know. They're just
1: a bunch of dudes.
0: I, that's That's all they are. Like, you know, it just – dude's playing ball i guess you know getting getting paid to suck i don't know um but like i just i'm not worried I'm, I'm really not worried about i'm more worried about the the bucks you know i'll get we'll get into the checklist there there's one thing that i'm more worried about that's going to stop the bucks the bucks ain't the falcons ain't gonna stop the bucks I, i'll tell you that right now the falcons are not going to stop the bucks but the bucks can yeah. The you know, the the Bucks can stop themselves. But yeah, the Falcons that's very are true. Not the Falcons are not going to stop the Bucks' on offense. Maybe the Falcons offense has a good day against the Bucks defense. But as in terms of Bucks offense versus Falcons defense, it ain't happening.
1: Before we break this thing down and get to the weekly checklist to close out our game preview show, I do want to mention, I'm glad that you brought it up, but like the penalties, right? It's been a long time that we've had to talk about penalties coming into a game because aside from, you know, Chicago last year, after that Chicago game, this was probably one of the most well-behaved rosters in the NFL. And uh, when you have Tom Brady on your team, typically that happens. And sometimes you don't get calls that you should get calls for, but I don't know nothing about that. <laughs> Let's talk about the penalties this week. You better believe that the Buccaneers have gone back, checked the game film, yelled at whoever they needed to to make sure that they come out here and try to play a flawless game, right? No penalties is the goal. They were able to do it one game last year. I I think they should be cleaned up in that area. Like, I I don't think that should be a concern this week. Uh, For a team that knows when it needs to clean up the crap, that's just exactly what they've gone in and done, I think, this last week. I I don't think we should be seeing any – Bucks beating Bucks this week because we definitely saw it last week and it almost cost them the game at a few times well no but I mean you know like still expect penalties like oh yeah sure
0: I, I, I don't really think it's you fair to expect zero penalties. but
1: You can't uh, – well, for the Bucs, the goal is zero penalties. but you The goal for any, every
0: NFL team is zero penalties. Exactly, but,
1: but you, you <laughs> can't predict what kind of mood the refs are going to be in that day. Or... I mean, it's also it's penalties, man. Like sometimes
0: you make mistakes. Sometimes a guy holds. Sometimes a guy is pass interference. It happens. Like, you know, so sometimes they're intentional. But sometimes a pass interference call is better than a potential touchdown. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sometimes the guys beat so bad, the holders grab the dude and it'll be pass interference. Rather have that than just six points on the board. Um, so now I guess we can get into the checklist. That was number one. Uh, penalties. Uh, just going to go quickly over that. Just eliminate okay. them. They had, you, had, you had 11 last week, which was tied for the most in the Brady era. Um, in, in uh, Not in the Brady era, really. A team that Tom Brady's on.
1: The Bucks 11, right penalty,
0: uh, oh, 11 penalties for Tom Brady's career. 11 penalties is the most penalties that oh, wow. Tom Brady teams to have ever had. Uh, so it's tied for the most. And then the Falcons had 12 penalties last week. So they've had their own penalty issues. So I'm sure they've been preaching the, the same thing right, about the penalty. So it'll be interesting to see how both teams uh, play out. Two, use Giovanni Bernard. Um, how he's supposed to. Use them for what you signed him for. On third, on third and ten, I should not be seeing Leonard Fournette out there. I I, I shouldn't. Um, yeah, G, G Vegas. I think you know under six penalties. I think that's a that's a realistic goal. Oh, yeah. I think if you four or five, I think anything more than that is a little bit much. But under six, almost basically cut it in half would, would be my goal for this week. Um, but yeah, it's, going back to Bernard, just you know. Um, why? Why is he out there? Like, apparently, <laughs> Bruce Arians says he's 100 healthy. I know Bruce Arians doesn't always tell the truth. He doesn't have to always tell the truth, right? It's not like that. The media is not a lie detector test. He doesn't have to tell the truth. Uh, but if he's healthy, there's no reason he shouldn't be out there. So, not just in a two-minute offense, not just on a third and 17 when you throw a screen to try and get better field position to punt. Like, get him out there, like, in, like, passing situations. Maybe give him a carry. Like, he's had experience carrying the football before. Um, and then my, my last one is just make that Atlanta O-line just have a miserable day. Um, to just make it just make it overwhelming for him. Uh, you know, it's just – it's going to be tough for the O-line to begin with, and they're going to sort of be like, oh, we let's hope this goes good. By the, the end of the second quarter, by halftime, they should be saying – this is not going good and I, I mean it, it it should be a it should be a mauling um if it's not i will be very concerned about this defense if matt ryan sits back there and has all day and is able to find calvin ridley and kyle pitts i will be very very concerned about this defense because not saying that matt ryan sucks or calvin ridley or kyle Pitts sucks the offensive line of the Falcons should not be able to give Matt Ryan that much time to find those guys. So if the Bucks pass rush can't get home consistently, that's a huge concern for me this week.
1: I like it. I like the energy. I think this is the most one-sided game preview you've ever done on this show. And obviously the confidence of being Super Bowl champs helps with that, but I just curious. don't think the Falcons are any good. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this is, I mean, if the Bucks were not a good team, this is still a team that you should win against, right? <laughs> yeah, this is.
0: If the Bucks were, yeah, if the Bucks were an average team, this is a team that you should beat, you know. And if if you want to be, they got a matchup against the Rams next week. That game could potentially decide who's going to be the number one seed in the NFC at the end of the season. If you want to be the number one seed in the NFC, you can't lose a game like this on Sunday. You can't do it. If if you want to be the number one seed in the NFC, even if you want to even win a division, can't lose to the Falcons. Not not on not on home turf. Like, are you kidding me? Like, no, There's no way. You, you can't do it. If you want to be taken seriously as a team that's going to be the one seed and going to get home field advantage and going to win your division, just beat up on this team. Beat up on this team.
1: Yeah. They're definitely going to be the punching bag for the NFC South this year. So hopefully the Bucks can go out there and deliver on Sunday. I will wrap up uh, the rest of the weekly checklist just with a couple here. Reiterating what you said earlier, get after Matt Ryan. There is no reason this defense should not be in his face for most of the afternoon. I understand that every now and again, he's going to be able to make a play. He's not a slouch quarterback. He's going to get the ball out of the pocket pretty quickly, and he'll probably do that most of the day. But, make it a problem for them right this offensive line is not good they're not going to be able to hold you all day and they're damn sure not going to be able to hold you every single play because eventually they'll get called i know dallas kind of held us every single that might that might be the only chance atlanta's got just hold on every play but that might actually be their game plan hold on every play
0: because they they can't can't throw a flag on every play they can't they can't do it every play so if you hold then you then you'll be able to play well sure
1: yeah i think that's just how some of these offensive lines prepare for the bucks just listen Go out there, do what you got to do. I think do. I think
0: that's how some off- seeing NFL all NFL games around the league. I think that's how most offensive lines compare themselves. <laughs> Listen,
1: go out there. It's a, it's do a not a bad strategy. Do.
0: It's not a bad strategy. Sure, the refs are not sure. the refs are not going to throw a flag. on It's going to piss
1: play. a lot of people off, but it's not a bad strategy. Yeah, because the refs are not
0: throwing a flag on every single play, it's not at
1: Oh, the game will take seven hours at that point. Yeah. All right. Last thing on the weekly checklist here. Uh, start quickly. Make sure you are prepared. This defense cannot afford the slow start that they had against Dallas. I know the Atlanta offense is not as good, but that's the reason you should start a little bit faster. We also saw this Atlanta offense get up on the Bucs pretty quickly last year in their first matchup of the two that they had in 2020. So uh, just be prepared. Start quickly. Be prompt. Make sure your communication is on key, and everybody is ready to go out there and do their job. And the Bucks should come away with a win. Let's do some score predictions and get out of here. Drop your score predictions in the live chat. We'll read off a couple of them after we give ours. But uh, I'll go first. I know I said that I have the Bucks winning this game by 10. At least 10. And I think my final score is going to look something like this. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 35. Atlanta, 21. 21. I wanted to give them 24, but like I – no, no. On the drive that they would have gotten a field goal, I think Carlton Davis gets a pick. So I'll I'll go twenty one for Atlanta. But yeah, I got the Bucks by fourteen.
0: Okay, well, um, I have 38-21 Bucks. Um, wow. So just, yeah,
1: I'm not, I'm not not holding to, back.
0: No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not. Tom Brady's nine and zero against the Falcons in his career. He doesn't lose the Falcons. Um, you know, I saw some people were like, "Oh, well, this Atlanta offense can't put up any points." Look, they're gonna put up points okay they're not going to put up just six points again that's not going to happen okay they're going to score a touchdown probably um so 38 21 if you're a betting man bet the over um i think tom brady's gonna have another big day i think Antonio brown mike evans are gonna be in for big days and i predict antoine winfield will get his first interception of the season
1: hell yeah i like that if you are a betting guy and you're looking to take the over i know just the place to do it Good sponsor of the show, BetOnline.ag. If you go download their app or sign up on their website, you will get an extra fifty percent bonus on your first deposit. Official sponsor of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Brian Shaw says forty-one twenty-three bucks. G Vegas, the moderator holding it down says thirty-eight to seventeen bucks. I like these score predictions, man. It should hopefully go the way that we think it will. I know we kind if, of if, thought, it, if
0: it doesn't, my expectations for this team will drop significantly. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, it, it'll be interesting to see, but I think the Bucks should have no problem going out there and handling their business as long as you come away with a W and advance to two and O. That's like, all I care about. Yeah.
0: And, and real quick, when I say expectations drop, I don't mean I'm like, oh, the season's <laughs> over; they're gonna go, you know, nine and eight. No, I, I just, I just mean you know, my expectations of being a top two seed, my expectations of winning the division, those chances to me will drop if they struggle to win this game.
1: Well, it's if, a it lot come,
0: of... it, if it comes down to a Ryan suck up field goal at the end, that is not good.
1: <laughs> and to a lot of people that is not you and I, I mean, a lot of people who aren't even Bucks fans, the Bucs are the best team in the NFL right now. And I think they're going to have to play up to that standard until, you know, we can kind of, temper our expectations or kind of find out what it looks like this season because I don't think anybody really truly knows until the bucks lose a game what that game might look like how it goes down whatever the case may be but as of right now the bucks are the best team in the NFL and they have to play up to that namesake I think so I, I get what you mean I know that you're not going to expect them to oh yep season's over <laughs> I might yeah you might I know I know how you get Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. All of our people holding it down on YouTube, Willie Beeman, the moderator, G Vegas, Brian Shaw, Chris Cole, uh, Tapazio, I believe is another name. That's a new one. Neil is back in here as well, and anybody else that I may have missed. Thank you guys so much for checking out the show this week. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Best place to go for updates on the show, and of course, Buccaneer News as it happens Speaking of box news, as it happens, you can follow my co-host, Evan, on Instagram at bucks_daily. underscore daily. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL. And last but not least, you can find myself, Instagram, and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. After the game on Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be just about seven weeks away from the first ever cannon fire watch party that is going to be at Barry house beer company you can see the shirt that i'm rocking this is the best logo of all time right i mean Barry house is a great name in itself but their logo is literally a beer or uh, uh, uh hold on excuse me of uh, <laughs> say this five times fast it's a bear holding beers double fisting just big ass mugs of beer and he's got his little German overalls on as well. It's going to be a good time. We'd love to see you there. Week 9, the Bucks are playing Washington. Uh, November 14th, right?
0: We Yep, it's, it's week 10.
1: Yep. yep, week 10. Oh, yeah, thank you. Week 10. Um, but it should be a good time. We're going to be out there doing a uh, pregame, postgame show. Our good buddy, Mr. Bucks Nation, will be out there. A couple of other guys you might know will be out there. So it really should be a good time our guys wing box going to be handling the food part of it the best food truck in tampa i'm not even biased guys like this i eat a lot of food all right look at me i eat a lot of chicken wings i have had just about every yeah. chicken wing that somebody says is you know anywhere in tampa where somebody's like all oh, these wings are next level i gotta make sure i go scope it out and try it right guys i'm telling you it does not get any better than the wing box i have been eating it wing box consistently since 2015 that was the first time i had this food truck and it was their first year of operation they were actually in the saint petersburg world's largest food truck festival when that came around i think 2015 was the first year they did it uh that was the first time i had it and i'm telling you guys it changed my life and it will change yours too at the first ever cannon fire watch party hope to see you guys there but uh that's the show Thank you guys so much for checking it out this week. We will talk to you after the game. Will we have a special guest? I don't know. We got to figure it out. I know we've been teasing a special guest for like three weeks now, and people are probably pissed off because I think we're lying about it. But I promise we're just trying to get the schedules worked out. I I don't want to give up. No, I I don't want to give away too much information. But this other person kind of has their own schedule. You know what I mean? They got their own stuff they got to do sometimes. And, like, we just have to coordinate. And, Unfortunately, you know, the cards haven't fallen the way that we would like. But I'm telling you, it's going to happen soon. It will. <laughs> but uh, regardless of if they are there or not, we're going to talk to you guys Sunday after the game for our post-game show. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast brought to you by Bet Online. I'm your host, Rhett Matthews, signing off from my co-host, Evan Wanish. We'll talk to you guys Sunday after the game. And until then, as always, go Bucks.